0: Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose podcast right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, the Bauer and Rose show. Bauer and Rose podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Gary doesn't actually uh, get podcasts. He's too busy trying to get the 12 o'clock sign on his Betamax turned off. But Carol, uh, lives in the twenty first century give us a five star rating. Tell us uh, what you think your thoughts bower and rose radio at gmail dot com my social media twitter handle tom rose andy gary uh, g l Bauer. i don 't know what the heck your twitter handle is
1: yeah it doesn 't really matter I, by, <laughs> by the way, a message is coming
0: in right now on my fax machine so um. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I we did get some comments on the Jimmy Buffett stuff. Just for the record, for the record, before we get started, I never wore a parrot head hat. Never, I never wore any of the hats, and I didn't have those shoes that were three feet long. Just, for, well, I just want that. I just want that out there. I would suggest,
1: Tom, that you may want to consult your legal counsel because I'm looking right now. Of a picture of you at a
0: Buffett concert in one of those hats. I—that's I, AI. I never wore a parrot head hat. I never wore you because I was too cheap to. I was AI too cheap technology yeah. to make you look like a <laughs> <laughs> like a parrot head. There is there's a lot to talk about. As we head into this weekend, just parenthetically, I want to get into this and then we're going to get into everything else that you want to talk about. I want to talk about 73 percent. The media is making a big deal. Seventy three percent of Democrats think Biden is too old to run. I want to know who the 27 percent are who don't think. That Joe Biden is too old to be president. Are they the nine members of the Biden family that have been paid through these shell companies? Are they? are, are these the people that are on Hunter's payroll? Are these Burisma expats now living in the States? Who thinks Biden is not too old to be president?
1: I, I'm pretty sure, Tom, that that group is our uh, Democrats. Who are older than Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so their, their concern is that he's too young to be an effective president because they, uh, they're doing just fine. I, somebody the other day on one of the myriad left wing stations, which means every station except one or two, uh, was comparing uh Biden to some aging rock star and pointing out that the and I don't
0: remember which aging Mick rock star. Mick Jagger, I know what you're talking about, Mick Jagger. Oh
1: yeah, they yeah, it was Mick Jagger. They said well, Mick Jagger, you know, is still 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 has it. He can still uh do what needs to be done to be a successful rock guy and the, another person in the conversation says, "Yeah, but but what what Mick Jagger has to do is sing and you play the guitar this guy has got control of the the black box he's in charge of saying ready set fire the nuclear missiles i mean you've got to have a different standard between some formerly drug adult uh rock star and his ability to sing old songs and this guy who yesterday or earlier this week uh, did a Medal of Honor ceremony at the White House for a man that certainly deserved a Medal of Honor. And as soon as he put the Medal of Honor around the guy's neck, he the president
0: walked out of the room. He, he I mean, The event wasn't over yet. He, he wandered off. I don't want to get too personal. You and I have both had uh, painful experiences with loved ones who have aged. There's nothing to mock about it. It's very sad it's tragic it's unfortunately uh, a part of life as we age and live in a scientific age where medicine can can and good diet and all those kinds of things can uh, help us live into our later years but this is not something you want in the leader of a hot dog stand let alone the united states of america and forgetting about the age you made this point Earlier in the week when you rightly were criticizing some of our conservative friends who have been uh, attacking the president for taking too much time on vacation, I'm with you a thousand percent. I want him on vacation. I want him lying like a beached whale in uh, Rehoboth, Delaware, right near the Bauer, <clears throat> the bower compound um, <laughs> Uh, Because that way, you know, we can't stumble into a nuclear war due to this man's dimension. And as things develop, as things develop and the evidence just mounts. Forget about his age. Forget about his imbecility. I mean, he's always been a stupid man. All kinds of reports that he flunked the Delaware bar more times than any other uh, uh, candidate for uh, admission to the Delaware bar than anyone in history. I don't know. I've heard 10 times. I've heard six times. Not that easy to fail the bar. That was long before dementia set in. But I think what we've seen In the last several weeks, as evidence mounts, is that it's going to take a lot more, a hell of a lot more than... Sworn eyewitness testimonies, bank records, audio recordings, text messages, shell companies, uh, uh, changes in U.S. foreign policy, video recordings, FBI sworn statements under penalty of perjury, money laundering. Now we've got fake email aliases, White House stonewalling, FBI stonewalling, DOJ stonewalling, suppression of evidence, refusal to comply with with congressional subpoenas to convince the media, let alone Democrats, to think that uh, Joe Biden did anything wrong. Yeah, uh, Tom, uh, that, that litany was so
1: incredible. Why don't we take a quick break here? And uh, come right back and I will give you my response because there's a number of points I want to make.
0: All right. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Bower & Rose Show right here on Sirius XM, The Patriot, Channel 125. Worried
1: about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are.
0: Welcome back everybody. Bauer Rose with you right here, Sirius XM. We had a minor a minor glitch. Gary, uh, I guess that,
1: forgo- that's, forgot to. That's, that's just that's not a minor glitch, Rose. That's just you. <laughs> hey, look, you had, you said a bunch of stuff there, and that was some litany of uh, of things that we, we know about Biden. But where's
0: the comments. evidence? There's no evidence. All there are video recordings, tape recordings, emails, right. texts, bank records. Right.
1: Yeah, so let me – a couple of reactions to all this. First of all, on your major point that this guy could bumble us into a a major war, I just want to point out again because I think it is so relevant because I see it on Fox News all the time. On the one hand, Fox – most of the people at Fox are constantly promoting greater American involvement in helping Ukraine take on Putin's Russia. And every time uh, some uh, terrible world power like North Korea announces they're going to help Putin, uh, the, the people at Fox act like, oh, this is unbelievable. No, it's not unbelievable. What did you think was going to happen? But, Tom, I think this point's important to um, to make. If so many of us believe he is too mentally challenged to be – Uh, a a safe president, why in the world are we urging a foreign policy on him in which the risk America takes are bigger and bigger because in addition to his problems, we have a military that's more obsessed with how to deal with pregnant men than it is in actually training our men to uh, Win wars, so that's one question. the The second point I'd like to make is that uh, with everything that's coming out, Joe Biden has, in my view, a very simple goal, and sadly, he's likely to reach that goal. He is. He and his people just have to delay, and obfuscate, and tie our side up. Until November 5th or whatever day it is next year. If he loses that election, between that election and Inauguration Day, he will pardon his son and anybody else he needs to pardon. If he wins the election, he will clearly do that. And so the bottom line is no, in my view, nobody in this administration is going to be held accountable. For what they've done, uh, and that is beyond frustrating, beyond frustrating. I I heard Nikki Haley uh, say in the last twenty four hours that she didn't think uh, most Americans were going to be willing to vote for somebody that's been indicted a number of times. Well, thank you, Nikki. You just guaranteed that in every presidential cycle, in Senate races governor's races, the Democrats will come up with a way to get grand juries in overwhelmingly Democrat cities to indict our candidates, because it won't matter whether they're convicted or not. And by the way, if you can get a grand jury to indict a bologna sandwich, which is the old saying, in other words, you can get a grand jury to indict anybody, the The defendant, the person being indicted, never has a chance to present a case. Before a grand jury. The only people the grand jury hears from are the prosecutors. So indictments are easy. Convictions in many of these big cities are going to be easy,
0: too, unfortunately. We have the it's, – it's a Soviet-style uh, defendant versus prosecution rate in this country. Federal prosecutors have a 99 percent conviction rate. Why? Because they have unlimited resources. Our system was designed, it was built to protect the rights of defendants. And what's happening now is precisely the opposite. This judge in New York who yesterday refuses a three-week stay request by Trump's counsel on these absurd real estate charges... Invokes speedy trial. The speedy trial provision is to protect the defendant, not to promote the prosecution. This whole thing is so... I was with a friend last night who says, you know, well, I think... uh, I mean, there's no way he can get convicted on any of this. It's all baloney. I'm like, are you kidding me? Before a Democrat judge and an entirely Democrat jury... Where the judge is a left wing political hack. The difference between this guy from the Proud Boys, who sent these text messages, uh, encouraging the protests on January 6th, getting 22 years, a sentence of 22 years, as horrendous, as awful, as disgusting as that is. Donald Trump faces 900 years in prison. This is we've never seen anything remotely like this. And now the news from the last few hours that David Weiss, the phony special counsel appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland to oversee the Hunter Biden prosecution, who, in fact, has been Hunter Biden's lead enabler as U.S. attorney in Delaware for God knows how long, Uh A hundred to one. I'm laying it right down on the line. A hundred to one, Bauer. The indictment, whatever it is, is going to be for one of the charges that is farthest removed, most distant from the big guy. It's either going to be a drug charge or the gun charge, which might fall apart because he has an excellent defense attorney, Abby Lowell. Um, but I guarantee you it's not going to be a fair charge, which is the uh, foreign act of uh, – what's it called? It's the foreign register. If you're an agent yeah. for a foreign country and right. you don't report your activities, that's a federal offense. The only reason this guy, Hunter, is going to be indicted at all, and the indictment I guess has to come down by the end of the month – Um. Uh, The only reason he's going to be indicted at all for anything is because his so-called prosecutor, this now special prosecutor, David Weiss, got nailed, got busted, red-handed for the sweetheart deal uh, that he arranged as Biden's consigliere to protect Hunter. The diversion agreement that prosecutors and the defense entered into on the gun uh, provision that gu- the you know Hunter violated gun laws. Joe always talks about uh, restricting Second Amendment rights and going after gun criminals. And of course, of course, unless the gun criminal is his own son, could very effectively be used to get him off on 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 that charge. So the same guy who ran the cover up operation, the run out the clock. Uh, Campaign on tax charges to ensure that the statute of limitation expires and all these tax violations that Hunter had Um, now appointed special counsel. This is a classic PR diversion campaign, in my opinion, because the scandal isn't about Hunter. If it was just Hunter and his crack addiction and the hookers and the prostitutes and the videos and the seducing uh, his brother's widow and all the disgusting foul stuff this scumball has been up to, it's about Joe, which is why I think they're trying to take the ball off the real action, what's really going on. And that's the investigation that's taken place in the house.
1: Yeah. Tom, I, uh, I, I agree completely. The, uh, uh, I heard the news, yes. I heard the news. When I heard the news um, uh, about this indictment would come by the end of the month, I know some people were doing little victory dances or whatever. I, I listened to it and I thought, there is nothing that's going to come out of that that means anything. In fact, it probably will set back the overall effort to expose the Biden crime family and how this guy uh, managed to become a multimillionaire, owning multiple properties all over the place, how he and his entire extended family got payments of millions and millions of dollars. It's obvious what was going on. He had the audacity the other day at um at some event uh masquerading he it was a, a he claimed it was a presidential event it was a political event and and he said uh, you know Donald Trump who's who you know this famous builder who's actually never built anything in his life Donald Trump has created built uh run more things than Joe Biden when he was 1000% wholly there mentally and physically. The idea that he would have the audacity to act like Trump is an underachiever while he is somehow, you know, so I, yeah, it, it, and Tom, all of this, look, I, you know, one of my coworkers here is worried that uh, because our side keeps talking about uh, the cheating that goes on in American elections that are some percentage it might only be 1% of our voters will
0: say i'm not going to vote i hear why, it, why I, I hear not? it all the time i hear it all the right. time right so what's the point uh, they're not what's the point
1: yeah so it that that's legitimate i think but but there's something else here which is the real election cheating is what's being done with the legal system in America. The deployment of lawfare against conservatives, while the left gets a get out of free jail card for anything that they do. That is discouraging people so much that I think that that suppresses our vote more than uh, talk about, you know, they're they're making up ballots.
0: And exactly. I mean, the whole situation and uh, cries out for that. And we see it now because it's coming back. It's coming back in the form of COVID. And COVID, if you think this is some kind of a a return of uh, uh, the illness, COVID's coming back. Why is it coming back? It's coming back to win the election. That's why it's coming back. Right? Um So Biden
1: is casting an early ballot.
0: Well, that's absolutely right. So now Biden, who was announced uh, yesterday, will now be masking. This is an excuse for him to hide in his basement again and run the same kind of non-campaign in 24 that he did in 20 while letting... The party underlings rigged the election, changed the laws back to what they were in in, in, in 2020. So the Dems and the media, and that's a redundancy because they're both, as we saw with the Philip Bump incident this week, and we'll get to that in a minute. New ways, or even resurrecting old ways, to make voting less transparent, easier to cheat, easier to manipulate, and easier to win. This, you know, it,
1: it, Fetterman, Fetterman followed the same model as did the current uh, Democrat governor of Arizona. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they try these tactics out and when they work, they duplicate them. And look, I, I mean, this uh, this is unlike most of the stuff we say, folks, this is really important, Tom. Their goal is now every you know every each party's goal is to win an election right their goal is to never permit us to govern again and unlike Republicans who will say right now no i i i i don't uh, i don't want to pursue that impeachment thing it's bad for the country it's bad for the country if we try to impeach Biden. You know, yeah. You know, Russia sees that. China sees that. North Korea, Iran. We're, we're yeah. You know, we we got to stop that. Well, yeah. You know, we're not the ones that are regularly doing it. It's the Democrats that are doing it. And when we announce we're not going to do it, because it's bad for the country, that announcement is what's bad for the country.
0: And what's even what, that the Democrats will keep doing it. What's even worse for the country is the Democrat attempts to use impeachment as a tool to punish political opponents are baseless. Here we have a case a textbook case of high crimes and misdemeanors. We've talked all about it. The money laundering, the shell companies, using the kid as the conduit to pursue bribery in exchange for changes in foreign policy. And back to the whole Uh, A COVID thing. You know, we have been convinced, I've been convinced for the past two and a half years because the evidence was overwhelming that this disease escaped from a Chinese uh, uh, virology lab that was controlled in part by the Chinese Communist Party. And now I'm wondering whether or not the DNC headquarters or CNN itself might have a secret lab somewhere that comes up with new variants. They can release at election time, so uh, they can. Uh, obviously, I'm teasing, folks. I don't well, believe. Don't, look,
1: don't, don't back off of that too quickly, Tom. You I, mean, I don't want to get into you know uh, conspiracy la la land because not. But the timing's
0: a little coincident, don't you think, Gary? Just a little smidgen, you know. Well, just just uh, I think six weeks ago, um, a a story
1: broke out of California. It got very little attention. I checked it out. It happened. Uh, State officials and, and local law enforcement raided a biological research lab in California run by a communist Chinese company. And they were doing experiments at this lab in California on various deadly pathogens. Don't, doesn't that deserve sort of a follow-up story by somebody that's actually a journalist?
0: Nah, nah but we've got great journalists. We've got incredibly independent, fair-minding, vigorous, aggressive journalists – like the highly respected Philip Bump at the Washington Post. You live in the swamp. You have to wear gaiters every day as you walk to work uh, because you have to trudge through the swamp. Philip Bump, for those of you wise enough uh, in our massive listening audience To not know who Philip Bump is, congratulations to you. You live a normal life. You live a real life. But unfortunately, for those of us who are uh, stuck like flypaper into the cesspool business of Washington, and correct me if any of these characterizations are wrong or unfair, Gary, Philip Bump, in many ways, is the so-called dean of Highly respected reporters at the Washington Post. In fact, he's not a reporter at all. He's an advocate. He's an activist. There was an event this week. Philip Bump um, was on a podcast. Uh, I think uh, the podcast was uh, by this guy called Noam Norman or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason I remember the first name Noam is because <laughs> my oldest son is named Noam. Noam. Um, and this guy had the temerity, had the chutzpah to start asking Hunter uh, 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 Philip Bump, who is supposed to be a journalist investigating leading political figures in the country, that wasn't there something, Philip, in here about the emails between Hunter and his daughter, uh, his lamenting the fact that he had to pay 50 percent of his income to his dad, to this To this girl's granddaughter, he was complaining about that. Philip, isn't that circumstantial evidence that there's something going on here? No, Philip, what what did good Philly Bump say? No, it's circumstantial. It doesn't prove anything. There's nothing to see here. And when the interviewer kept pushing the questions, how do you know there's nothing to see if you haven't looked into it? Philip Bump walks off the podcast. Now, I personally don't object to people walking off shows when they're treated uh, disrespectfully, when they're harangued, when they're insulted, when they're attacked. I I sometimes think that can be a very good tactic. But this, if if you read the transcript, or even better yet, listen to the podcast, these were totally legitimate questions. Isn't there something worth exploring here, Philip, about the 20 shell companies? About the the, the the bank records that identify $20 million in cash payments to Biden family members? Well, none of it, we, there's no evidence that it went to Biden. Well, Biden's 80 years old. And when you're 80 years old, your financial interests are a little different than they are when you're 35. You have children. You have grandchildren. You, at that age, if you're remotely normal are looking to protect your family. So the $20 million that went to everybody but Joe Biden, that's that's not a conflict of interest. And to call Philip Bump after this episode, one of the most respected journalists in Washington, that only means to me, it's like saying, Gary, uh, he's one of the most respected members of a Washington street gang. The guy... Uh, dismisses as circumstantial all this evidence that you pile up from here to the top of your nose. Yeah,
1: you know, Tom, it's, I mean, this is, we we know this, of course, journalism is no longer journalism, as it was widely understood, uh, as it was defined, uh, you, you know, when years and years ago when uh, Carol and I were working at the Republican National Committee when we were first married. Uh, one of the things we did was monitor the media and, and uh, do research and so forth. And there were conservative outlets, liberal outlets. There were conservative newspapers, liberal newspapers. Almost every newspaper that was called conservative is has disappeared. They're gone. They've been uh, bought by either the New York Times or other uh, media syndicates that the very concept of journalism uh, has been totally changed. Just as uh, the the education uh, schools, the departments of education uh, are are changing what it means to be a teacher. Just as the medical schools are changing the definition of what it means to be uh, a doctor or somebody that works in medicine. And all of these professions, the, the people that are graduating, coming out of these schools, are being told that their job is not just to report the news. Their job is to help bend the arc of history toward justice. And that means promoting the left and clobbering the right. We're seeing cases fairly regularly uh, that they'll, they'll be reported on social media where um, interns, uh, nurses, and others are charged with mistreating patients when they realize the patient is a conservative. You know there you you there was a case not long ago where uh the the woman said uh you know I saw he had this maga sticker on uh, something he brought into the office and let me just say this I had a really hard time that morning finding his vein for the blood sample it took me about 15 minutes he was very uncomfortable i'm so sorry that happened and bragging about it and it's not an isolated incident. I, I know, uh, you, maybe you know some uh, Jewish Americans that have hesitated to go to certain practices that have people from a certain ethnic background because there was evidence that the Jewish patients would be mistreated.
0: Well, no, there was this doctor, I think, well, I don't want to say the name of the hospital because I might be wrong. I think it was Mass General in Boston. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Uh, um, a, a a Palestinian doctor with all kinds of radical tweets and texts about Jews and destroying Israel, um, who admitted to personally misdiagnosing Orthodox Jewish patients. I think it was in Boston. I could be wrong, but uh, Boston is what rings a bell. It might not have been Mass General, so don't don't sue us. It was Bauer that told me it was Mass General. Um, <laughs> And, and and her counsel, her defense, uh, was that she's entitled to her views and that it, quote unquote, doesn't impact patient care, even though there were records of her either refusing to see Jewish patients or mistreating them once they were in. And she apparently is still on staff at whatever this hospital is and I'll have to check because it was it was irresponsible of me to mention the name of a hospital when I'm not sure that was it but um
1: yeah so I will I when the inevitable lawsuit is filed my attorney will immediately demand that our two cases be separated, <laughs> and only your portion of the program be played for the jury. For the, for the jury, which surely will indict you, given your history and background. Yeah, and this is Tom. We have we have uh, colossal, colossal problems. Um, uh, so let, let's, uh,
0: you know, people want more than just. Uh, can I oh, hit you? Can I hit you with this? Uh, oh, this right, was. Brother. Well, I I know, and then then we'll get to your irrelevant point, whatever it was going to be, that I'm Hmm. pretending to be interested in.
1: What I put up with.
0: There was a huge story this week, totally uncovered, and when it was covered, it was covered up. The Commerce Department, I'm sorry, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, announced on Wednesday that the Deficit, the federal deficit in one year has doubled from 1.2 to 2.1 trillion dollars in one year, 2 years after COVID, what is the headline on CNBC? The headline on CNBC, US trade deficit widens By less than expected in July. Every time there's a negative story about Democrats, the media's headlines will always say unexpected. It was unexpected that the deficit would double in a year. Well, it widened by less than expected because they expected it to increase by more than 100% in a year. This is a huge story. U.S. budget deficits, which are so far out of control, I, uh, you and I may disagree on this. I don't ever see a way we can get out of debt like this no, ever right. under any circumstance.
1: But if an individual was in this situation percentage-wise – they would declare bankruptcy. Well, they
0: would crazy. have declared bankruptcy 100 years ago at this right. rate. I mean, it's – it's. if you look at the unfunded liabilities and the pension obligations, it's over, it's over $150 trillion. I mean, it's – there's no way – I have no idea how to get out of it. But what absolutely blew me away was the way the media covered this story.
1: Uh, well, Tom, it, the, the, the president goes around regularly claiming – he has lowered the budget deficit. I mean, they're, they're gaslighting us all the time. It, it's incredible. And, of course, the fact checkers have all been rounded up and they're in some prison camp somewhere because they disappeared the day after Inauguration Day when uh, Donald Trump had to leave and Joe Biden walked in. Suddenly, this whole growth industry in America. There were thousands of people who did nothing but get up in the morning and were, what are you doing today, honey? Oh, I'm going in. I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm supposed to look at every word Donald Trump speaks, and every time he lies, uh, I do a fact check, you know? And, of course, they, they were fact-checking the most ridiculous things because Donald Trump's a New Yorker, you know? So, you know, he would say things like— you know, the Trump Hotel in in Washington, D.C. is one of the, you know, the finest hotels ever built, you know, ever built. You and know? You, know, you know what, Gary? He's right. What? Well, I know, but some fact checker would go, well, actually, there are 47 hotels around the world that have five and a half stars, and the Trump Hotel only has five. Uh, I mean, but this guy gets away with this all the time. The left gets away with it. And not only do they lie about what's happening Right in front of our eyes in view of that, that they're willing to lie about things that are happening right in front of our eyes. We shouldn't be surprised when we find out they're lying about what happened before we were around. That is, they're lying about America about its beginnings, about the men that formed the country, about what the purposes of the nation was, about where our liberty comes from. They lie about everything. And as you and I have talked about, I think very eloquently, they lie about America in a way that can only be interpreted with one explanation. They want our children to despise the country of their birth.
0: The Washington Post was forced, compelled to cover this story that our nation is now spending on an annual basis $2 trillion more than it takes in. This is after COVID. The, what, the Post uh, uh, quoted Jason Furman, a name some might recognize, others might not. He was Barack Obama's top economic advisor. This was the guy who shepherded, implemented, and in large measure designed the Obama spending programs. Listen to this quote from Jason Furman, Obama's guy, on these latest deficit numbers. To see this economy with low unemployment, to see this in an economy with low unemployment is stunning. There's never been anything like it. A good and strong economy with no new emergency spending, and yet you see a deficit like this. The fact that it's so big in a quote-unquote normal year makes you think it must be something that is weird or freakish that's going on. Well, hello, Jason Furman. Message to Jason Furman. He's right. There is a weird, freakish thing going on, and it has a name. It's called Bidenomics. His own economists, economists from all over the spectrum, have been warning for years that this $2 trillion rescue plan coming at a time when the economy's already bounced back from COVID and all the lockdowns and all the shutdowns would spark unprecedented two generation high rates of inflation and yet Biden signed it into law what two months after he took office and since then it's been nothing but more spending whether it's Ukraine I was on a uh, a TV show the other day um, uh, talking about Ukraine you and I disagree on Ukraine but not as dramatically as we used to my argument I assume the gary bauer position my argument um about defending ukraine and i think we should defend ukraine but in a very very different way uh than uh, ukraine is being defended i think uh, we need to uh, simultaneously push very hard for uh, some kind of accession agreement for ukraine to join the west at the same time we push for a At best, a ceasefire, if not an armistice, because a continued war serves no purpose for anyone, least of all Ukraine, which is being absolutely obliterated. We got to remember what the war was about as Gary drifts off into Neverland. The war was about Ukraine joining the West um, with... Some kind Which of security. Which West is Okay, that? let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. What have you been drooling on? The EU. The EU. They you're want going to into, into the. longer time than the war is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I Seriously, Tom. Uh, you, can I you, finish you, my. You, am I ever you, allowed to I, finish
0: a point here just, on the Bauer Show? Let that just say that you, you, are, you are promoting a West that no longer exists. Um, but hold it's on. That, but that, but, it's that's, already it's, defended. but it's irrelevant in this sense. The, the war was about, from Putin's perspective and Ukraine's perspective, Ukraine's desire to join the European Union, to become part of Western Europe, to become part of their economy, to become part... Now, say what you will about it, but that's what the war was about. And since we're not pushing that, And all we're doing is responding to every Russian escalation with an escalation, an incremental escalation of our own. All we're doing is leading to the obliteration of Ukraine without any serious talk about accession to to the West or some kind of security guarantee. So if Ukraine is successful, which they won't be, but if they're successful in retaking every square centimeter of territory uh, and there's no path to the EU and there are no kind of security guarantees, is that a victory for Ukraine? It's not. But if there's a way to get Ukraine on some kind of a path to join the EU, even as an auxiliary member... Retaining the territory she now holds with some kind of security guarantee, not necessarily NATO, that would be a win for Ukraine. But so we're not pushing. Ukraine. Hold on. We're not pushing no, we're, that. We have no I got strategy it, for I that. Got it. Let me respond. You've been talking about it for 10 minutes. Yeah, we get
1: it. Ukraine wanted to be part of Western Europe. I got it. So you joined the European Union. So they can tell you, you've got to allow abortion in Ukraine, or you're not going to be able to stay in the European Union. Poland well, rejects way, that. Hungary rejects way, that. They're the way, in the you're EU. You're going to have to join. You're going to have to have same-sex marriage, or you're not allowed to be in the European Union. But let me finish, Tom. You went on about ten minutes promoting this, and it's BS. What would your reaction be if the neo-Marxist president of Mexico says, I really want to be part of the growing alliance of Russia, India, Brazil, and Iran. And I have a right for self-determination to be able to do that. And so I want to join that economic uh, group of countries that is operating on its own, is attempting to come up with their own currency, et cetera. You and the neocons would go absolutely B.S. nuts over it. So this is a threat to Amer- This is a threat to America's security. This is a threat to our borders. This is an effort to you know, it's going to undermine. Tom, Russia has been invaded through Ukraine five times in its history. We keep moving the what we interpret it as the West further and further and further and further onto Russia's borders, and they are reacting the way any sovereign nation would react. I am sick and tired of spending one segment talking about America's growing budget deficit, and the next segment promoting a foreign policy that is costing us tens and tens and tens and
0: tens of billions of dollars we don't have. So Russia was uh, justified in invading Ukraine? We were not
1: justified in encouraging Ukraine to think that all they had to do was do a little bit of this and do a little bit of that, and we were just going to fold them into an alliance that we had previously assured Russia we weren't going to do.
0: Well, that Star- I mean, Star- you and Star- I can Star- argue, United. and you and I can yell back and forth, but that that that's just not accurate. And I am not an advocate for unlimited, a uh, strategyless, uh, a commitment to Ukraine we're not pushing well, you look, no no no, policy, uh, no look the uh, policy we're following the policy we're following has
1: already wasted 50 60 70 what is it it's more 70? than that
0: it's it's more it than that might be 100 100- it's, $40 billion? Well, it's, it, it's 78000000000 billion. I'm not defending it. it. You're yelling okay, and screaming and, and saying I'm no. talking too much. But this war was not about NATO. That's Russian propaganda. NATO oh, is a defensive yeah. alliance. It's an open alliance. Russia has repeatedly been invited to join. Russia signed the 1991 German Reunification Act. They agreed to that. They signed the Budapest Memorandum, which we have subsequently violated. They joined the Partnership for Peace. They signed the Founding Act on Mutual Relations with NATO. They sit permanently on the NATO uh, uh, headquarters. And it's also important to point out for people who might be a little confused by this, that not a that be, single that would be now a majority of the Americans. I agree, I agree, because we haven't made a case, uh, for any kind of a policy that pushes not, peace. J- Joe Biden hasn't made a case, for no, this he for hasn't Trump. made a case, absolutely. Trump. No, he you know, hasn't I'm made a case, Trump. and no, and no Republican has made a case, and no I Republican, no Republican has made a case. We have to. Republicans, right, this are, isn't... Falling their Republicans are falling right. on your sword. Republicans are falling on sword
1: all the time. And if we lose again next year, it will
0: be because of this. You and I reason. are arguing and yelling and screaming when we don't even disagree that much. We have to push for an armistice. We have to have some way to ensure that Ukraine can. In exchange for the territory, it will lose to Russia. Have some means of of reconstituting itself as a Western-style nation. Then, we well, then didn't tell all your friends, Tom. I'm that trying. Are promoting this policy? I'm trying, and if it's your funny. Your problem's not with me. Then tell tell. Uh, do I need to name them all? No, no, no. That I'm just a, saying. It's the whole thing started before you blew a gasket. Here, I was actually, I was just on a. Uh, uh, TV show, popular TV show in Poland where I was the one accused of being a Putinoid because I recognized that fulfilling all of Ukraine's preconditions to engage in peace negotiations are utterly fanciful. If I were Ukrainian, my heart would tell me they were right. A restoration of every square centimeter, reparations, war crimes, trials. Well, short of an army marching on Moscow, taking Moscow, arresting Vladimir Putin, sending him to The Hague, that's not going to happen. Not by anybody's stretch of the imagination. But to say that NATO provoked Putin's invasion is like blaming the rooster for provoking the dawn. That doesn't what mean... What is the purpose of NATO? And it's a rhetorical question that I
1: don't expect you to answer. The purpose NATO, of... NATO's purpose ended with the fall of the Soviet Union because they're virtually worthless. Virtually well, worthless, I, I, They, to
0: this day will not fulfill that's, their financial that's obligations. absolutely untrue. The eastern flank of NATO, Poland is doubling its defense spending. Hungary is massively increasing its defense spending. And those countries along... along with some-
1: Places like France, Germany. Well, you know, that 's
0: No, you're right about that. That's why we ought to move our troops out of Germany and put them into Poland, where the Poles are willing and able and have shown Poland will be spending a higher percent of its GDP on defense than the U.S. And the U.S. five years ago was spending double the GDP of any of the main countries. It's back to Don Rumsfeld's line about old Europe and new Europe. My point is... The longer this war goes on, the greater damage it will do to the people we are supposedly trying to help. Ukraine is being obliterated. Hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians have died. The country was poor to begin with. It's now being obliterated. Russia is not going to lose the war. The issue is how to win the peace. We have no plan for that. We have no strategy for for that we have no vision for that. There's, it's all it is is an incremental response. More money, more money, to fight a war that can't be won at this stage. It's a war of attrition. Nobody wants to admit that. We have no, and no Republicans have a plan either. And there's a way to support Ukraine and attack Biden at the same time. And no Republicans doing that because all the Republicans that are pro-Ukraine are pretty much parroting Biden's line, which is incremental uh, escalation. And my point is that the American people our sick and tired I agree, 100%. of foreign
1: policy that gets us into endless wars, none of which we win. My point is that Donald Trump tried to get all of NATO to meet its requirements. He did. He, he didn't just try. Under- he did. Let me finish a point. And he was undermined every step of the way by people that you and I have been very close to. And I wonder whether he was being undermined by people hanging out in the West Wing. We what are you looking at me for? We, we won't go down that path. Uh, I, so you have a foreign policy that has resulted over the years with countless American families visiting the grave sites of their children. Or looking at their son or daughter sitting in their living room without a leg or without an arm or blonde, uh, blind, uh, being featured on Fox because they're going to get their mortgage paid for by a wonderful organization. And time and time again, Afghanistan, the Iraq War, the, uh, the, the Balkans, Serbia, uh, Ukraine now, what the Hades Far. And meanwhile, we find out we can't, we're running out of ammunition. Our Navy is totally incapable of dealing with our real threat, which is not Putin and Russia, whose GDP is ridiculous. There are states in the United States. With bigger GDPs. Our rising challenge is communist China. This country will be so war weary. We will be so depleted of resources by time. So where do on- you
0: and I disagree? Can you tell me where you and I disagree?
1: I well, I mean you you seem intent on blaming all this on Putin and Russia, who Putin is a terrible man. But I I believe what happened. And by the way, it didn't happen under Donald Trump. It didn't happen under Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, I, I, I so, do
0: blame Putin for the invasion of Ukraine, of course.
1: You know, okay, but, but, you know, this is, like blaming, uh, this is like blaming Israel when they bombed something in Gaza, as if the conflict started the day they started bombing. There's a history here, Tom, and the history, I believe you can make a strong case— that what we assured Russia about at the end of the Cold War, a series of U.S. presidents Violated those understandings. Uh, that that's and where that, you and I.
0: That's where you and I do fed disagree.
1: Fed into Russia paranoia. Well,
0: that's Russian paranoia goes back to Tsar Alexander the First in the middle of the 19th century with the Decemberist revolt. We're running out of time, unfortunately, but this is fun. Um, Bauer's going to have to probably check into a stress center at this point. You and I don't disagree. The war needs to end. We need an armistice. We need a ceasefire. There has to be a way. Look, there, there will be nothing left of Ukraine by the time this is finished.
1: Um, there will, there will, we'll rebuild it. Don't you get it? And you're, and the people that you've worked with for decades will lead the charge. And we have an obligation now to rebuild Ukraine. You people who've got water coming in in your the roofs of your schools in Chicago. You're just going to have to wait. But
0: that presumes they're going to win the war and they're not going to win the war. It's a war of attrition. And from our perspective, we're not replenishing our own supplies. We're doing nothing to take out Russia's supplies. So we don't have the capacity. uh, That's what I'm saying. I don't know why we're arguing. You can't win a war of attrition if you're not attriting anything. And that's the stage that we're in now. It's. It's reactive, uh, incremental response yeah, to every escalation. We're, we're way over. But
1: I'm just saying, you're making the argument that you made at the beginning of the war. And it sounds to me like what what you're really upset about is we didn't do more for Ukraine. We didn't give them bigger weapons, more jets, more tanks earlier. Because Ukraine, with our weapons, certainly could have been able to defeat Russia.
0: So, well, hold on just a second. It was, it was Barack Obama who banned all offensive weapons to Ukraine. It was Donald Trump who began providing defensive and offensive weapons to Ukraine. What we planned, we're way over time, what we planned for was a war of insurgency like everybody else because we thought Putin was just going to roll over Ukraine. They were going to collapse in two days. And now we got a new situation, and we don't have a policy to meet that new situation. And the longer it goes on, the more dangerous it becomes, the greater risk of uh, escalation. And I've got to run because the delivery people that were supposed to be here by 10, by 1230, have now arrived at the instant when they said they were going to be here. So have a great... <laughs> yeah, the doorbell's ringing. I gotta go. Have a great week. I love you, Bower. anyway, even if, even, if, even if we argue about things we don't disagree on. Have a great weekend. God bless.